welcome back to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Shad Dynasty League, the only league that counts. I'm your host, Dan Belinky, joined as always by my good friend, dear co-host, esteemed colleague, Devin Rambo. Why don't you say hi for everybody listening at home, Devin? Hello, everyone. Thank you, Devin. Devin, we had a good time in Columbus on Saturday, didn't we? At least I think we had a good time because I blacked out hard. All I remember... No, that's it. I don't remember anything. I know that I met Devin. Um, I know that I threw up partially on my pants. I don't know. Did we get pizza afterwards? I don't know. You know, it was one of those things. I went to Columbus. I stayed with Rocky. You know, I can't I can't let the guy get off easy. I can't give him a calm, tranquil, oh, cool, my friend Dan is coming to visit. That should be fun. No. I I need it. I'm going to make him take care of me. Why? Because he, he fucking owes me. He's, he's lucky I'm even there. Let's be real. Anyways, let's get into it. Don't have much at the top of the show today because I'm busy. Fuck it. I don't have any other bits. I made a song last week. I made a chart-topping song last week, all right? I'm not a factory of new ideas. But there is a couple things around the league that I like to talk about before we get to the league that we love and we pray for and the only one we care about, which is Dynasty. But in the NFL, Antonio Brown was released by the Patriots. There is justice in the world, and I'm not talking about OJ justice. I'm not talking about accused not charged justice i'm just saying for the pats did they did they really need anything else it's like when you hear i don't know when you hear that like fucking bezos is like oh i don't have to pay taxes because you know i'm i'm putting all my money towards research to make myself not bald like he doesn't need another break i do i need less taxes i need more money give it to me The Pats don't need any help. A.B., it's okay. Look, and the thing is, he's posting about Ben and the the rape allegations, which was funny because in the bottom text, hashtag bottom text, we live in a society, of that um, article that he had under the headline, it literally said, like, thrown away in court today, this accusation citing lack of evidence and potentially ulterior motives related to... To money. So, yeah, great article to post, guy. It's not even about that. I played the OJ tape. We believed in you. Well, we didn't really believe you, but we wanted to give you a chance. You were accused, not charged. If everybody just assumed OJ was guilty, then where the fuck would we be today? Okay? We'd have an innocent man in jail. All right? So you can't do that. It's not that. It's that you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> threatening this lady like I get it if someone accused me and I know I didn't do it if I really didn't do it I would be pissed but you have to be smart enough not to threaten them and make it worse and even if you're not smart enough and let's say you really are innocent and you can't believe it you're so pissed you just have to let it out fine you fucked up but to go after the <laughs> the person that reported the story it's like That reporter, that lady didn't do anything. That's her job. It's like, hey, Antonio Brown, you're being sued. And here's an article in the newspaper about how you're being sued. Fuck that bitch. Why would she say that? Call God, man. I may be, that's A.B., the football player. I may be the man. You don't fuck with me. All right. That's not a good impression. 
But really, come on, that's fucking psycho. Oh, it's so crazy. Just be normal. I hate to say it, but Gruden said it best when he said, just, (laughs) he said, just stop this shit and play football, man. I mean, just come back to the Steelers. We need you so bad right now. (sighs) Steelers suck. They suck. Mason Rudolph sucks. And we'll get to that. No, that's not fair. That was a pretty tough environment. I mean, the Niners are starting an undefeated season. They have they're a very very proud strong franchise with a lot of great fans. And they've had a shit team for forever, essentially since the height of the Kaepernick and Harbaugh days. And they finally signed Jimmy G. They think there's hope. You know, the year he comes in at the end of the season, not enough time to really reverse course and head to the playoffs, but high hopes for the next year, fucking tears his ACL. So he's back. They're looking good. Every The Shanahan dream that's been building up finally brought to fruition. So it was tough. I mean, yes. Do you need to score on five turnovers? Absolutely. Do you need to not cause two turnovers on those five turnovers that you receive? Yeah, 100%. But there's a lot of problems still with this team. I stand by what I said last week about the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, hence the turnovers. He's looking good. TJ Watt's looking good. Um, I mean, god damn. James Conner fumbling that ball was so bad. It was so bad. I'm sorry. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this as a fantasy guy. I'm not saying it to fuck with Devin, who owns Conner and to boost myself, who weaseled Jalen Samuels out of him. But why the fuck isn't Jalen Samuels getting some carries? When they give this guy the ball, he gets like eight or nine yards. Every time, guaranteed. He was a college tight end, huge, athletic, juice, been working on his game. He's had a whole offseason to prepare as a running back. He looks fucking amazing. James Conner, great story, local kid, love the draft pick, top-selling rookie, uh, actually top-selling jersey in the NFL the year he was drafted, all well-deserved. I wish him the best. I hope he starts foundations and organizations and everything. Has a great career as a local hero. But goddamn, he looks awful. He looks so bad. He's got no juice. He fumbled. I just don't understand it. Tomlin, fucking give Samuel some carries. All offseason, we heard, the team's really going to get away from passing. We, we realize, you know, one of our strengths is our is our depth at running back. Yeah, depth. We are not a team, clearly, with a top-of-the-league workhorse running back, like a Le'Veon Bell or a Zeke. We don't have that. What we do have is three pretty dang good running backs, all with complementary skill sets, not exactly the same skill set. One, that if your offense can be flexible and can bring them in, could really work. As, chains of, as a change of pace to your schemes and really throw off a defense. But our coaching is just, it's so bad. It's so bad. But I haven't given up hope. Mason Rudolph did not look good in the first half, I will admit. He made a couple of plays. Let's be real, he was buoyed by some heavy yak. Juju was just like, oh, sweet, is a ball my way? Cool. Will I get another one? Probably not. I'm just going to pop this into an 80-yard touchdown real quick. <sighs> I need a double-digit tutty for my buddy. But 
Deontay Johnson, that was a nice pass. Of course, he was picking on a corner, hasn't played in a while, but that's a smart move. That's what you do. So I don't think all hope is lost on Mason Rudolph yet. I don't think I'm officially in panic mode. That was a tough first game to come into, and I'm going to give him time. And yeah, we'll touch more on Mason Rudolph later. I don't know why that would be pertinent to me, but we will. Uh, And now, on to the Browns. I just told this to a guy at lunch. Um, Earlier in the year, uh, the people I work with, all my friends, there are Browns fans. I work in Cleveland. I work, live, love, and play in Cleveland. Duh, that's me. So, surrounded by Browns fans. He asked me, I told him, I was like, Browns ceiling is 10 wins. They'll probably get eight or nine. And he said, you're fucking insane. What is stopping this team from getting a minimum of 12? And I said, three things really easily. Number one, poor coaching. A coach who has spent less than a full season as an offensive coordinator, has no experience, and cannot only handle the in-game situations, but probably can't handle locker room off-the-field stuff with the amount of personalities they're bringing in. Number two, deteriorating offensive line that just got rid of their veteran Frank Frank Seitler, is that his, was that his name? Who fuck knows? Their old guard they gave to the Giants in one of those trades. And they're plugging him in with an unproven rookie. And then lastly, sophomore slump for Baker. I mean, you come into the league, people don't have tape on you, they don't understand. And you're a pretty, uh, I mean, Baker's great, and I'm not, I'm really not turning this into a, like, a Baker is not good thing. But, I mean, he's got exploitable weaknesses, I'll say that. Like, number one, obviously, size. So if the pocket's deteriorating, uh, yeah, your vision might be a little fucked up. Number two, you're a big 12 guy. So you're used to running out of the pocket, having a lot of time. And I feel like he is running right. He keeps running. Obviously he does that when the pocket actually breaks down. I just feel like he's being conditioned to do it. Like instinctively he's doing it anytime he sees too much movement because his line is so bad, he assumes it's going to crumble. So then he runs out when he doesn't need to and he gets fucked. I just don't, I never got the Freddie Kitchens hire. I said this last year, and I stand by what I said. I said, this guy is not proven, okay? And I told, the, I told the Browns fans this when they signed Todd Haley, and they were all hyped. I said, good fucking luck. You'll want to run him out of town eventually. And they did, and they ran him out of town midseason because Todd Haley fucking blows. But guess what? Just because Todd Haley gets fired... And now Freddie Kitchens is the OC and Baker looks great. That probably has less to do with Freddie Kitchens being some, oh, look at this diamond in the rough genius we had on our staff. Yeah, he got the most out of Baker Mayfield. Heisman winner, fucking went to the college football playoffs. Like, no, Baker's probably just good. There's probably nothing special about Freddie Kitchens except for the fact that he's not Todd Haley. Whereas Todd Haley is a net negative to Baker's ability and potential. So you take away a net negative and you have a neutral. You have a zero. You don't have a positive. He's not helping anything. He has no experience. Frankly, I don't think he's very smart. Every interview I've heard of him, he's just saying some smart Alex shit. who sounds like a pissed off, stubborn child. I've never heard him say anything insightful. And I don't think he's really built for this. I didn't get it. You're winning games with Greg Williams. And honestly, a lot of those games, well, there's actually a good case to be made that the Browns did not really beat anyone good that year. They hung around with some good teams, but all of their wins came from pretty much bad teams. Um, But even still, your strength could have been your defense. 
Like, you have a strong defense and then a guy that could score quick in Baker, but defense first. That makes sense to me. And the other thing is, Greg Williams told you, if you do not hire me as the head coach after what I've done, I will walk. Was Freddie Kitchens going to walk if you didn't give him the head coaching job? Probably not. Who, who out there was really going to hire Freddie Kitchens as an OC? I don't even think, yeah, let alone a head coach. So not to say that Greg Williams became a head coach, but still, it's like you had a good thing going. If you pick Freddie, you lose Greg. If you pick Greg, you probably keep Freddie. Why not just keep them both and see how it happens? And then if you really like Freddie that much, you could push Greg out midseason and pop him up there if he sucks. Now you don't have that option. You have no one to look to. Are you going to make Todd Monken your fucking head coach? Go do that, Browns fans. Please go do that. Anyways, that's my rant around the league. I don't know if I really have anything else to say. So, oh boy, isn't this special. Let's get right into it. We're only 13 minutes in, and we're already talking about the league that everybody wants to hear about, and that's Shadynasty League. So, let's go. First of all, let's do a auction report. Now, what could we possibly have to talk about? Oh, that's right. Because of the timing of this podcast and last week's podcast, we're in one of those special sweet spots where we have not one but two waiver wire auctions to talk about. Oh, and I'm so excited to talk about them. What happened? What happened? You want to know what the fuck happened? I spent $95 on Mason Rudolph. You're looking at a man. You're looking at a leader, a commissioner, a lover, a potential husband and father who spent $95 on Mason Rudolph, a taxpayer, a voter, a citizen of these United States. Spent $95 on Mason Rudolph. And the worst thing is, I only got one goddamn regret about it. Let's fucking go. Was that all of my fab? Hell yeah, it was. Hell to the yes. Look, you know my reasoning. I think he's decent. Also, Cam went down. And Cam might fucking retire on me. Who knows? Easily. Logically... What should I have done? Probably got Kyle Allen for free like Nick did. But Nick is smart, and I'm, I'm just a fucking renegade stallion. My hair blowing in the wind. I don't give a shit about the future. I care about the now. And I think he could be decent. I needed another quarterback. And look, if anything happens to Ben, and this guy is the quarterback of the Steelers for even, you know, two or three full seasons, hell, it was fucking worth $95. To have my team's QB on my team. Dave, I bet you want Goff so bad. I bet you want him so bad. And I don't even know how much better he is than Mason Rudolph yet. That is yet to be determined. Okay? You cannot tell me. You, we have not seen enough tape. We just haven't. Mason Rudolph could be better than Goff, and I got him. So it was worth it. Um, Billy had texted me. He said, fuck you. How, why would you, why'd you bid so much? I can't. He's like, do you see the... Do you see the, what we bid before we were able to? No, I can't see that. That's not within my power. And if I could see what you bid, I'd put a dollar extra. I wouldn't have spent $95, all right? And anybody who's wondering, wow, Dan really spent a lot of money. That's kind of funny. After he you know, absolutely tore up what, um, what Devin spent on Minshew and what Matt spent on Jacoby Brissett. Listen, the, the second... The second that podcast came out, 
where I literally wrote a parody and sang a parody song about Mason Rudolph. If you had a bid on him, you should have put it up $10 minimum. After you heard that, absolutely you should have done that. I even acted coy like, oops, forgot to all right, well, if this doesn't work today, my computer just cut out. So if this podcast comes out half scrambled, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but it is raging against me right now. Anyways, yeah, I acted all coy. I was like, oops, forgot to send that. Had it uploaded for a couple hours, forgot to send it. I didn't forget to send it. I didn't want you to have enough time to think about it, to realize, oh my God, this kid is ripping out his heart and his balls and his dick and putting him on the table and confessing his love for this big 12 quarterback who's completely unproven and was a third round pick. I got to boost my bet. All right, I didn't give you enough time. But to be fair, the bids were high. I'm surprised only four teams bid on him. I guess, you know, I mean, I'm really surprised by that, actually. I mean, I guess, you know, obviously, if you're a team like um, Dave, you're set at Dave and Matt, who has 19 already, they're set at quarterback. Um, But you'd think like Drew or Nick would want to get in on this. They have the money, they could use quarterback depth, but they didn't. So I snagged him with 95. That's known. Next highest was Nate at 75, Bill at 57, Bob at 45. Now, I had him at 65 all week. And then something in my head was like, just bump it up. I almost bumped it up to 80. Ah, that would have been good. But I didn't. Other big pickups, Bill picked up Demarcus Robinson for $25. Um, A really good pick because he's been producing. The question is, how much will he continue to do so after Tyreek Hill? Honestly, I'd be question. I don't know. I'm no expert here, but I would be asking that question and being more concerned about that if I had Cole Hardman what his role's like without Tyreek Hill. Because aside from the one game, Sammy Watkins has just been serviceable. And, I mean, how many chances is Sammy Watkins really going to get? I think Demarcus Robinson could be something for this team. Maybe not the top receiver and still behind Kelsey, but maybe the third option, and sure as shit, that's valuable. So Bill gets him for 25. Nate puts 16. I put 12. Bob put 10. Are we the only four people in this league paying attention? You got gold on the waivers, and where are all the fucking bids? Dude, where's the bids? Uh Oh-ho-ho. I forgot I did this. I also put down $10 for Kyle Allen. (laughs) I did that in case someone bid more than 95 on Mason. That's how I prioritized it. I acted like that was a possibility. What a fucking jag-off. Um, and that would have been a whiff because no one bid anything on him. Yeah, fucking Nick picks him up the next day for free. Um, oh, Matt also put $6 on Demarcus Robinson. That's important context. I got to be careful on that. I'm at it again. I bid $5 on Taysom Hill in case my $95 on Mason Rudolph and my $10 on Kyle Allen were both outbid. I had a third backup. I'm fucking insane. Someone take away my team. Anyways, Nate whiffed $1 on Jeff Wilson Jr. Not a big whiff. That's fine. Devin got Nelson Aguilar for a dollar, beating out two $0 bids from Bob and Nate, respectively. All right. I think that's all that was interesting from last week. Let's fast forward in time. Let's go to the waivers that just processed early this morning, and let's talk about them. ESPN. If you don't fucking load right now, you make me look like a fool. Oh, um, yeah, so the big pickup this week, Wayne Gallman. 
wow, we got money flying all over the place. Hell yeah. Wayne Gallman goes to Eric. $50 goes to Eric. Bob was the next highest at 35 Also the Saquon owner. Funny to me that the Saquon owner was only willing to give up 35 to plug in his man. Interesting. Nick was the next highest at 21 followed by Nate at 11 uh, Do I see any more? Any more for Wayne Gallman? Any more for Wayne Gallman? A $1 bid from Devin. Devin. Just don't even bid. Don't did you did you really possibly think like yeah I don't I doubt there's anybody in this dynasty league with 23 roster spots that's looking for a starting running back I'll just put a dollar on him let's see what the fuck happens why why would you even bid anything um, Nate gets Philip Dorsett the second for eight dollars and that's a whiff no I'm sorry I take it all back Bob bid three dollars on him good because. Philip Dorsett should at least have a bid put on him at a minimum. But I will say, if he his backup plan for not getting Dorsett, he also put $8 on Paul Richardson, which would have been a whiff and would have been a huge mistake. Um, Nick adds Chris Herndon for $3. I don't see any other bids for him. That's good. He's got roster spots. Herndon is going to come back from suspension right around the same time that Darnold is back. That's a good move. In your other leagues, fuck you're in my other leagues too. Shit. If you have a roster spot, it's a good move to pick up Herndon this week, maybe right before the games. Um, because next week, um, they will be back from bye. I believe he will be back from suspension and he'll have a projection. So right now he's kind of hiding out at the bottom at people's player pages. He'll be at the top after that. So good luck getting him then. Uh, and that's about it. So I think with that being said, Let's move on to trade talk. So I put out the feeler offer last week saying that I've got a bevy of wide receivers, got more than I know what to do with, so just send me some cash. I'm clearly fucking broke. You know, I got, but I got receivers though, okay? So I'm walking around scratching my, scratching my neck saying, hey, you got any more of that fab, Joe Rogan? Um, so yeah, and I, I know... A lot of you have sent me offers, and be patient with me, okay? I'm going through a lot, all right? Not really. I'm not really going through that much, but on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know who to give up, and I don't know the price, and everybody who's made an offer to me is basically saying the same thing. Say, you know what my favorite Shakespeare quote is? Take the fucking money. Other than that, there was a deal that went down between Bob and Drew. Okay, here's what it was. So, the only trade of the week. So, Bob gives his 2020, 2021, and 2022 first-round picks and Adrian Peterson for Dalvin Cook and Golden Tate. Wow. The Golden Tate thing could... if. If Daniel Jones is really slinging this ball and Tampa Bay's defense just isn't that bad, which they actually looked more decent than they usually do for the first couple weeks, uh, that Golden Tate move might be a stroke of genius. And Dalvin Cook is like number three running back right now. But yeah, a heavy price. Drew changed his name to trust the process after this, and I admire it. I mean, if you're looking where you're going, 
and you think about how do I get to where I want to be, maybe that's a smart move. So, yeah, I think it makes sense for both teams. Uh, and Bob just hates these draft picks, man. He's always giving them up. Actually, what was interesting about this was I texted the group that this had went down, but it hadn't actually. Drew told me, he said, hey, got a big trade going through. We're in the process of I said, what are the deets, bro? He texted me a picture of the deets, and I thought it was a done deal. I sent it to the group. He said, no, 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 wait. We haven't put the pen to the pad yet. No, I'm so close. I have Pierce on the line. I have Pierce on the line, but don't tell anybody we're merging. Don't tell them we're buying them. We haven't done it yet. I text Bob. I said, your boy's getting skittish. And Bob went full Logan Roy. He called, <laughs> he called Drew and goes, Hey, Drew, we're good here, right? And Drew said, I don't think so. And, and he, said, <laughs> he said, oh, come on. But we're good, right? And then he said, no. And, and Bob said, you're fucking your family, Drew. You're fucking your family. And Drew said, thank you for the concern, but my family will be quite fine. And then he said... <laughs> You will do this deal, Drew. Hey, I'm not finished. That that was the ramblings of an insane person. But really, it's a quote from Succession. So if you're not watching Succession, that was absolutely cringeworthy and hopefully a skippable part of the podcast. But if you are watching Succession, I hope you enjoyed that. You will do this deal, Nan. Logan Roy doesn't really talk like that. In my mind, they're just so Shakespearean that he's like, you will do this deal, Nan. And she's like, my family will be quite fine. Thank you for your concern. But no one talks like that. They talk like absolute normal people. So I'm really selling the show right now. All right, well, that's it for trades. That's it for pickups. So let's get in to the reason we're all here. Matchup roundup. That's the sound of a whip. Sound of a whip roundup like a cowboy or a bull rider or something like that um okay so let's get into these here matchups and i'm stalling again i'm stalling again you're blowing this all right first match of the week let's get to my quiet shame before we get to anything else dan versus bill i was a 23.3 favorite and I lost by 2.7 to Bill. Bill dropped 111. I hit 108.3. So I give Bill his first win of the year. I went 30 points under my projection. Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mark Andrews, shit everywhere. They shit more than Kendall shits the bed when he's spending the night at the Pierce's another succession reference. If you're not watching that show, you're not going to understand this podcast for the rest of the season. And nobody on my team really went off, so that didn't help. And there's honestly nothing even that exciting to talk about from Bill's team. There's not like dudes who really blew it, dudes who really went off. I mean, he only put up 111, right? That's like a very, I mean, that's the second lowest of the week aside from me. So, oh, I'm sorry. Besides us, besides Drew. But we were the ninth and eighth lowest scores, so there's nothing even really to talk about. I had like a million ways to win this, but of course I fucked it up. I have so many good receivers. I can never tell who's going to go off. And God, if I just played Tyler Lockett or just anything. Well, whatever. So now that Bill's got a win, Drew is the only winless dude. 
but I think good things are coming for him. Don't count him out yet. All right, next one was Matt and Drew. Matt was a 22.4 favorite, and he won by 22.6. Matt scored 127.3. Drew put up 104.7. I just, I cannot believe Matt's roster. Like, I'm going over, you know, trying to see, like, oh, he had a lot of points on his bench. And then I realized, oh, yeah, that's his six other quarterbacks. Of course they're going to have points. Like, I mean, he did he did leave points on the on the bench, and it's just other quarterbacks. Like, if he can pick the right two of eight any given week, he could do good. If he can't, he can't. Danny Dimes, welcome to the league. I think with with if he's really coming on and he is kind of a dual threat quarterback, like him and Josh Allen might be almost the exact same guy. But hell, those guys actually do decent in fantasy. So with the two of them. I think Matt might be looking at a little bit of a push here, uh, maybe a little tighter up the rankings, but oh, those bye weeks are just going to decimate him. I mean, how many running backs and receivers does he have on his roster? Like, he's either going to have to just start not playing people or trading some of those quarterbacks. I don't know. Drew had no way to win this one. If Austin Hooper and Frank Gore are your top two scorers in any week, it's just, you know, trust the process. So, now we're on to Nick and Bob. Nick was favored. Oh, sorry. Bob was favored by 23, and Nick won by 2.3. That gives him his first win in the Shad Dynasty League. Give it up. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, Nick won this one, 147.8 to Bob's 145.4. <laughs> Nick went negative 8 combined with defense and head coach and still won this one. Kyle Allen, welcome to the league. Nick got him for free. He got him for $0 the day after I spent $95 on Mason Rudolph. Wow. Well, Mark Ingram had a huge game. Carson Wentz, Darren Waller, they did good. Sterling Shepard, he's he's hitting that Danny Dimes vape pen. It's just, he's just in a cloud of it. Like, he doesn't even know where to look. He's just like, oh, there's points and receptions everywhere. It's like, God. It must be so intoxicating to have like anybody besides Eli Manning under center throwing you the ball. <laughs> it just must feel so good. <laughs> it's got to be just like fucking. I mean, the other thing is like Eli is so durable. Like he was getting destroyed the past couple years and he never misses a game. So it's not even like, oh, thank God the backup's in. Like it's always Eli all the time, you know, except that one time he had Geno Smith. Um, yeah, Saquon going out hurt Bob bad. But, I mean, he didn't... I mean, I know Shady was questionable somewhat earlier in the week, but I'm pretty sure he was cleared to play with enough time to start him. And he had an open backfield. The Chiefs with an open backfield. Oh, you gotta take that. Bad move keeping him on your bench. Bob had a ton of ways to win. I mean, this was the second tightest loss of the week. But the one way he could have won, and it's the one way that, you know, we don't want to mention, but we have to. You got to bench Baker, Bob. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, he's doing better than Baker. So you got to bench him. Sorry about that. If um, if this podcast doesn't come out, I think my computer killed me because it's killing my podcast dreams right now. Um, Yeah, who's next? Eric and Dave, rivalry week. I was so close. 
I was so close to making this the game of the week, and I didn't. And it was a nail-biter. Dave was favored by four, and Eric wins by one. Oh, my God. That's the fourth smallest margin of victory of all time. Eric puts up 146.9. Dave puts up 145.9. I asked Eric, I said, Eric, what are you doing to prepare for this game? Okay, because you guys know my team has stumbled a little bit. I can't keep my guys motivated. I can't put the right guys out there. I say, Eric, what are you doing to get in the right mindset for these games? And he says, Dan, it's not about my mindset. It's about my opponents. Huh? What's that mean, Eric? Well, he tells me this. Eric went to a work conference in New Orleans over the summer. So he's in the French Quarter. You know, he's getting kind of like the Mystic Mama type areas. And he sees a stand on the side of the road. In black script lettering, it says voodoo dolls. And right there, he sees a voodoo doll. White, bald, glasses. He says, by God, that's him. That's Dave. So he buys that voodoo doll. And he tells me before a game, when he plays Dave, he does all sorts of things with it. You know, he hits it with a rock. He pokes it with a needle. He rubs it on his balls. He does a lot of things to that voodoo doll. And it's working. He wins. Eric wins. That Dak and Amari stack is absolutely deadly so far. It is just killing dudes. And oh, oh, what's this? Uh-oh. What is that puff puff pass? Oh shit. Evan Ingram just got handed the Danny Dimes vape pen. He's hitting that shit. He's going brazy. Oh, it's so intoxicating having anyone besides Eli. The clouds and the vapors are all combining for an incredible orgasmically high experience. Anyways, um what else happened? Dave, oh god. Vance McDonald, Stefan Diggs, Josh Jacobs, just blowing it, just clogging up starting spots. Ugh, Dave, there's a couple ways he could have won, but the one way is if he had just benched the Eagles head coach. Do not doubt Matt Stafford. Not my boy. Don't doubt him. Don't do it. Yeah, minus two in a game where he loses by one fucking ouch. But hey, Dave, I got good news for you. You win the Weenie Hut General Award! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Um, that, of course, is awarded to the player who first has a full IR, not with players that are out or anything like that, with all dudes who are actually on IR. Dave does that this week with David Njoku, Drew Locke, and Akeem Butler. Great job. And last but not least, our match of the week Nate and Devin. And how was that match of the week? Big stinker. Devin was favored by 5.3, and he lost by 88.7. Devin put up 121.4. Nate put up 210.1. Holy shit. Record-breaking week. No, really. Three ways. That's an all-time performance. Number one, Nate, you win the early lead award this week's weekly payout to the person who wins by the most. Give it up for him. (laughs) Not just that. You now have the highest score of all time, beating out Eric in week three of last year, who scored 207.8. Give it up for him. (laughs) And last but not least, that's the second largest margin of victory of all time. Give it up for him. (laughs) Yeah!
did I, did I do a little curse on Devin? Did I get a little Eric Thomas voodoo magic going on Devin when I talked about that anonymous GM who said, look at any team with Eckler and watch them slip, 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 slip in a mediocrity? Uh, feels like Devin's slipping. I don't know. Wow. Russell Wilson, Keenan Allen, Jameis Winston, Philip Lindsay. Nate could have played those four guys and beaten Devin by one. Holy shit. He could have beat me and Bill and Drew just by playing those four guys. Holy shit. What? Okay. We could talk about Devin's team, but why? This is all about Nate. It's all about Nate. And with that, let's get in to what we want to get into. And that's the standings. Okay. Here's your standings. Nate is now in first place with the second most points. He's up two from last week. I got to think that I just motivated the guy. Last week I called him out. Uh, he has like the, the least amount of points scored against. And he didn't have that many points scored. So I said, look, kid's getting lucky right now. He said, well, fuck it. Dan's going to be like that. Why don't I just put up more points than this league has ever seen? That's exactly what he did. So half, almost half of his points that he has right now came from that one week. Uh, he's the only undefeated team in the league. So, shit. Gurley might be down, but maybe it's his fucking year. Maybe he, maybe he, maybe he really thinks last year that was a fluke. Maybe karma's coming after Billy for making that dirty, dirty trade. Who knows? Ain't coming after me. I'm good. Eric is now in second place. He's got the most points scored in the league. And... That's up two spots from last week. Eric is here. Eric Eric is actually really here. Remember, I don't want to get into too much last year, but Eric, your team was so bad at the start of last year. We all were making so much fun of you. Oh my God, we were mocking you. But you drafted... I won't even say you drafted good, but your team worked out. Okay, you had a lot of guys come on later in the year. You were bottom for a while, and then you managed to, well, not below Matt, but then you managed to sneak up into the playoffs. So, yeah, your team has basically been steadily rising, and you're here. Dave is in third place with the fourth most points. That's a one-spot drop from last week. Devin is now in fourth place with the fifth most points, a three-slot drop from last week. That's the farthest drop of anybody this week. Matt is in fifth place. He's got... Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I wasn't even saying what the records are. So I should say that because that's important too. So Nate is 3-0, obviously. Eric, Dave, Devin, and Matt are all 2-1. Matt is in fifth place, like I said, with the six most points. That's one spot up from Matt last week, turning in the right direction. Nick, welcome to the playoffs, young man. You are in the last playoff spot, number six, with the third most points. Oh, up two spots from last week. Things are coming together for Nick. He is just getting so unlucky. He's got the third highest points scored against. And yeah, what can you do? He's our first team who's sub 500 at one and two. I'm in seventh place, also at one and two. Um, I've got the seventh most points scored. So like I said, last week I was 5-5. Five five. This week I'm 7-7, seven seven, just keeping it even. 
Uh, I dropped two spots. Definitely going in the wrong direction. But, hey, I'm trying to make it up. Try my best next week, coach. What else can I do? Haha. <laughs> Anyways, Bob is in eighth with the eighth most points. Just keeping it even. He's down one spot. Bill is in ninth place um, at one and two as well. Thanks to me giving him his first win. Uh, he's got the least points scored in the league. He's up one spot from last from last week. And Drew is number 10. He's got more points scored than Billy. He's got the ninth most, but he drops the last because he's still winless. But don't worry, just because he gave away his best running back doesn't mean he doesn't have something in the tank. We're going to get you a win, Drewby. I friggin' believe in it. Okay, so I was debating. I was debating, debating, debating on doing some succession talk this week, but it's just too far into the week. And last... I'm going to fucking kill this computer. God damn it. All right, no succession talk officially. All I have to say is, oh, my God, I felt so bad for Kendall. Oh, making him go to that house. Just for the the most minor question of Logan's actions, making him go to that house and just sit in it, not even letting him get to say sorry or meet the family, just making him fucking sit in the memories and the despair and the guilt. And then trying to talk to his mom, and she absolutely ghosts him. Oh, those poor fucking kids. Anyways, I'm not doing that. I just don't have time. And this computer might catch on fire if I try to keep going. So we'll preview next week. I think we got some good matches next week. Um, who's going to be the match of the week? Fuck, I didn't even have this worked out. Ah, shit. You know what? I know I just got to respect him. He put up the most points ever. Let's go back to Nate one more time. Let's say Nate and Dave. Wait, how many times has Nate been the match of the week? It doesn't matter. That's a good match, all right? Either they both go to 3-1 and one with uh, Dave making a case to jump up the ranks, or Nate goes on to 4-0, and oh, continues this undefeated dominance of our league, uh, and next week's weekly payout, the thing that you're all waiting for. This is week five. That's the Big Fat Loser Award. If you lose by the most points, you win. Okay? So hopefully, don't fucking tank on purpose. It's just $5. It's not worth a loss. This is just happenstance. And luckily, (laughs) Bill and Drew are playing each other. So hopefully, that means that one of them, you know, it should work out, hopefully, that, you know, they aren't going to throw this off. So it's not just a gimme to whoever's playing them. No offense. I'm just being honest about what's going on in the league. Actually, fuck Dave and fuck Nate. Fuck the 1%. That's the match of the week. Bill and Drew. I want to see Drew get a win. And I want to see it now. All right. I think that's all we got. We covered everything. Boy, we went a long time without even having any bits. Um, so what else can be said? Not much. So until next time, guys. Till an asteroid plunges into the earth cast out the light, and we shrivel away in endless darkness. Goodbye.